Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. The Find You Fitness Podcast is all about helping you find you within the health and fitness space. With there being so much information out there, good and bad, it can definitely be overwhelming. I still get overwhelmed and I've been in this space for almost 10 years now. It's crazy, but when I started, I crawled and I slashed my way through all of the BS out there to find answers on how to better myself with my diet and with my workouts. I tried things that didn't work, things that worked occasionally, and things that got me injured. But all of those experiences is what has put me in front of this microphone today because I want to show you how to pursue your goals without having to go through everything that I went through. I remember wishing if I could just find a source of information that is unbiased, that is going to tell me how it is without trying to sell me something gimmicky or lead me down the wrong path. My goal is to be that source for you all. And I'll be straight up with you each and every week. I don't know it all. I'm still learning, and we should always be. And my entire purpose with this podcast is to help you find you, hence the name, with health and fitness and lifestyle choices, all of it. And I can do that through sharing my experiences. And yes, it's going to be biased to what has worked for me, but it's all done with a mutual understanding that my answers, they may not work for you, or they may be exactly what you need to hear. Hopefully, in some way, shape, or form, I can help you find you along our journey together on this podcast. Now, next week's going to officially kick off our squat series, where each week I break down a certain area of the body, how to assess it, and how to fix it and integrate it back into your activities of daily living. However, today, I want to zone in specifically on how I will teach my future kids about nutrition whenever that happens in my life. Now, obviously, I don't have any kids right now, and I don't have any plans to have any anytime soon, but regardless, this is a topic that I've thought about over and over for when the time does come. And, and who knows? I would imagine that this gets tweaked a bit more over time. I've actually, I've actually made a note to come back and listen to this very episode several years down the road when I do have kids and, and see how different, if at all, my thoughts are now versus the future. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Find You Fitness Podcast. I post there about twice a week. Usually uh, one is like an audio clip of the podcast that was released that week. And then the other one's an image. And I'm just kind of talking about the podcast. I think it's a good way for me to put a little bit of extra information out there. Uh, not on my main Instagram page or anything like that. That way I'm not overwhelming anyone that doesn't want to see everything about the podcast all the time. And those two posts a week, if you guys could just share them on your story, any little bit like that, you guys would be so surprised that when I look at the analytics of photos or videos that are shared versus the ones that are not shared, it gets out to a few more people. And if that's two more people listening to the podcast, I mean, in essence, that's how it grows. So without any further ado, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Before we get started today, I just want to clarify and make sure that you guys understand. Uh, if you guys hear anything like the dogs barking, cars driving by really loudly, I, I'm sorry. Uh, the weather is so beautiful here in Port Orange. It's like 70 degrees and the windows are open. The doors are open. I love this time of year. I only hate that it gets so dark so early. That's the only thing that bugs me. But uh, just to apologize in case anything uh, starts to take over in the background. So... I've spent a very weird amount of time 
thinking about how I will go about teaching nutrition to my kids one day. It's actually, it's quite mind boggling to think how much we don't know about nutrition growing up. It's not any one person's fault. I can't go blaming that on my parents per se. When I think about why there's just a huge lack of knowledge of nutrition in society, two huge reasons stand out to me. One is just the way society has developed over time. The ways in which the traditional Western medical model was developed has us fixated on medicine fixing our problems, but never really emphasized the ways to prevent us from needing medication in the first place, aka things like nutrition and exercise. And I preach this all the time, being proactive versus reactive. We are a very reactive society. It's just kind of the way that we were raised and and sort of the way society still thinks. It is the way society still thinks. Uh, and a very, a very common line of thinking, and I'm dipping slightly into the government and, and not really politics, but it's just, it, I think this, in this manner, it really helps me get my point across of what I'm trying to do here. So a very common line of thinking is that this problem of people not having knowledge, people being unhealthy, this and that could be fixed if the government allocated more resources to provide cheaper healthcare and services so people wouldn't face these diseases that they're causing themselves. However, I think that that is still backwards thinking. And, and it's just another example of how our society conditions us to think that we need to be reactive and not proactive. You know, let's take something like obesity for, for an example. It's pretty obvious that America doesn't take obesity seriously. Even places like the military, they're lowering standards for physical fitness because just so many young people are unfit. And we can't act, act like the poor health of over two-thirds of Americans doesn't factor in to why healthcare costs are just so crazy. If we were to focus more on prevention and being proactive, it would do so much good for this world. I mean, think about it. If primary care doctors had more availability in their day because these two-thirds of Americans that aren't obese are actually taking proactive steps about their health, that would in its in itself alone be able to reduce costs for different sorts of health care and this and that. If they're not needed as much, then I mean they kind of have to say, hey, you know, we can we can help you out. We can do things for you opposed to being able to charge out the ass because that's what they can do because you're going to need them. And you'll see me as, as we go on today, a lot of the times my mindset is focused towards being proactive and not reactive. And, and it's like, it's more of the way that we were conditioned. I, I know that MDs and your primary care doctors, they know the importance of exercise and nutrition, but Unfortunately, when someone comes to their office, it's usually because of a problem that has been building up over time. If this patient would have addressed their issue earlier, let's say with exercise and nutrition, they were, let's say they would have been proactive, maybe they wouldn't be going to the doctor right now for help. And when I talk about being conditioned as a society, it doesn't help either with that when we think we go to the doctor when we get sick and then the doctor gives us medicine and we feel better. And that's the way that millions and millions of Americans think and operate. And growing up, I never knew that better nutrition and exercise could help me be healthier and possibly prevent me from going to the doctor, depending on the issue. 
I thought that when we get sick, we go to the doctor, the doctor gives us medicine, and then we feel better. A prime example, a great story I have is I used to get these mouth ulcers really, really bad. And I also had braces when I was a kid. So I would go to my dentist and say, I'm getting these ulcers and they hurt really bad. It makes me so I can't eat food. And, you know, I'm go- I lose weight because I don't eat food and I don't know what to do about it. Well, they would always like say, OK, go to Walgreens, get this cream, put it over your mouth before you eat. It kind of numbs it and allows you to eat. Well, I would do that and it, and it did exactly that. It would numb that little burning sensation I get when I would eat food. And I think people call these, by the way, like canker sores, maybe cold sores. I, I've always called them ulcers, like in my gums. Um, and it would, it would hurt a lot to eat. And I would put this cream over it and it would feel good while I ate the food and then it would come back. And that's honestly, that's an example of being reactive and not proactive. We never really addressed or tried to tackle why they started in the first place. So after a while, I would get these over and over. And then eventually that's what I asked. I said, you know, how do I get, how do I make these stop coming back? Because they always come back and it hurts really badly. And I never had an answer. They, They never had an answer. And we never stopped to think about the role that my nutrition played in the fact that maybe that's why I got so many ulcers growing up. Maybe it had something to do with me drinking four Dr. Peppers a day and eating Stouffer lasagnas all the time for every single meal. All that acidic food and and those sodas were just like tearing my gums apart. And I never really put it together until I was probably a freshman in college. And for whatever reason, I think I'd started working out and I was like, I'm quitting soda. I'm doing it. I went cold turkey on my four Dr. Peppers a day, had all the withdrawals, this and that. But guess what? I stopped getting those ulcers. And at first I was like, well, that's weird. Like, that, you know, okay, cool. That's weird. But didn't know why. And then, I, and then like every now and then I'd have a Dr. Pepper and I'd get an ulcer. And eventually I was like, you know what? I bet this plays a role in why I get these ulcers. But no one ever, no, no dentist, my primary care, they never even thought about that nutrition in any aspect was going to be related to that. And I even, even now, if I go a week and I eat some crappy food, we go out to eat, I get a burger, some fries, ketchup, this and that, I develop another ulcer. And maybe I'm just more susceptible than most people to developing these. But when I get one now, I'm like, well, I must've been eating like crap the past week because there it goes again. And the whole point of that story is just to show how even the people that we go to for help when it comes to our health, don't even regard nutrition in the ways that they should. And that literally, that's just one example. And that does not define all doctors and does not define all dentists, obviously. But that, that in itself, that is a lot of the reason why I think there's such a huge lack of knowledge of nutrition in our society. It's not the way society traditionally thinks and operates. And, and of course, you know, it would help if nutrition was emphasized more in grade school and even doctorate programs. I mean, like, you know, I can't speak for sure, but I have heard that MDs only have a very limited amount of classes on nutrition. And I'm okay with that. And at the same time, I'm not. Uh, We know that plays such a huge role in it. But then again, you know, your medical doctors, your MDs are not there to prevent things from happening. They're there to stop it when it reaches a point where 
what's the best way to say this, to stop any sort of disease from killing you. I mean, pretty much uh, being able to do surgeries and do this uh, because you've already done the things that you shouldn't have done for so long and it's been building up and now you have a big problem and these are the people you go to. And we need those people. We, we really do. Um, but my kind of philosophy is why don't we focus more on being preventative in the first place? I mean, how many lives would that save in itself? And how, like, if we were more educated in, in grade school, if more people practiced it and believed that nutrition had played such a role. And then the problem I have with the medicine, like the Western medicine model is, is that, you know, our doctors and MDs and all of that, they don't necessarily believe, not, it's not that they don't believe in it, but they don't practice it. And maybe they don't even practice it for themselves and believe in how important that is. And so the, the second reason that I want to get to is, is a thousand percent the propaganda that is pushed out by big brands and well-known companies. Uh, Coca-Cola being a prime example, and I'm going to read you about a lawsuit against Coca-Cola right now. So the lawsuit states that Coca-Cola engages in false advertising by paying researchers, medical professionals, and others to contra contradict independent scientific or scientific evidence about the adverse health effects of drinking sugar-sweetened beverages. This strategy, the lawsuit states, includes heavily advertising to children when the company says it doesn't, establishing front groups to emphasize exercise, not caloric restrictions, by eliminating sugary beverages, and suggesting that sodas are healthy snacks. The lawsuit takes on the sodas industry's claim that physical activity is more important than diet in maintaining a healthy body weight, and that sodas are important for hydration, and that soda companies are not advertising to children. That's just one of a ton of examples. Uh, these big companies with a lot of money and therefore a lot of power have a lot of influence over other organizations and the people, us, me and you. Wow, I do have a huge issue with that and could probably record an entire podcast about that alone. I'm focused more on the effect that this has on the average person. Like I said, I knew nothing, nothing about nutrition growing up. If I would have seen this advertisement on a billboard or in, I don't know, our school paper, I, <laughs> when those were a thing, uh, saying that studies show sodas are important for hydration, I would have believed it. And you could have very easily said, well, you know, there's water in soda and therefore, you know, it's good for you. I would have said, okay, well, I'll keep drinking my four Dr. Peppers a day. I mean, I didn't know any better. My parents didn't know any better. And it's a shame. It's a shame really that any company would push an unhealthy lifestyle on anyone for their own financial benefit. And, and it's actually, if I take that a, like almost an, to an extremist point of view, it's a shame that anyone would push anything out there that's not good for you just to make money and put that in their own pocket. But so, so things like this, it, it sure doesn't help us understand nutrition any better. I mean, we've got, these are roadblocks. Uh, we've got to seek out ways to learn about nutrition because it's just not taught to us as kids not in school, uh, not in our parents' schools. So how are we supposed to know what to eat? And and I could totally go down that rabbit hole and how this plays a huge role in why two-thirds of America is overweight or obese, but I want to stay relatively on this on the topic of the title of how I'm going to teach my future kids about nutrition. Um, before we do that, I, I have to do this 
And you guys know I can always find a way to relate it. CrossFit. <laughs> and if you're rolling your eyes, just hang in there. I promise there's actually validity in this. And, and this is what's another thing I think is really cool about CrossFit, of course. Well, Greg Glassman, who is the founder of CrossFit, and now he's the ex-CEO because of some comments he made over quarantine, and, which is an entire rabbit hole in itself. So many rabbit holes today. Um, I'm not going to go down because I don't want to, but here's the deal with Greg. He's a man who's not afraid to say what he thinks. I mean, seriously. So he, he shows up on Capitol Hill talking just straight up smack about Coca-Cola and the CDC and jeans a t-shirt with holes everywhere a backwards hat he doesn't he doesn't care but what he does really care about is fighting obesity and greg is actually huge on fighting what is called big sugar coca-cola soda companies things like that and and this is just another reason and why i support crossfit so much but this story isn't actually well known to people outside of the crossfit world and I know regardless of your fitness modality, you're going to appreciate this. So Glassman, or technically CrossFit as an organization, came out, this was years ago, and when I was talking, you know, my CrossFit shit-talking days, uh, they came out with this headline, Get Soda Out of Medical Research. And I was just talking about this with Coca-Cola. He said that he's not trying to put soda out of business but he is trying to get them out of health sciences. And that's a totally fair thing to say. I mean, they shouldn't have any say in health-related research, right? If a research study is being funded by Coca-Cola and the study is about the impact of soda or sugary drinks, don't you think it's going to be biased? And Glassman actually took a further step in writing a letter to the CDC in regards to questionable donors and even ACSM, which is American College of Sports Medicine, one of the most popular exercise certification affiliations out there, the same letter because of their partnership with companies like Coca-Cola. And some of that is kind of what fueled the immunosity, immunosity, whatever that word is. You guys know what I mean. Fuel the, the, the problem that ACSM and CrossFit had. So in ACSM, in the book, I've somewhere, don't quote me on this, uh, do your own research. But they talked about how there was a very high risk of injury in CrossFit. And obviously, uh, that's not true. And the research was debunked. But I don't know if this is why Glassman went after them or if ACSM went after CrossFit because of this. Whatever the case may be, Glassman was kind of attacking the idea that ACSM and Coca-Cola were, were companies or were, were partners. And, and in reality... You know, looking over this whole this whole ordeal, I just appreciate that he's going after the big guys and he wants them out of medical research. It may not sound like that big of a deal, but the impact that one study could have on millions of people is is disheartening, especially when the education on nutrition isn't as available as it should be. See, I knew I could tie CrossFit into this. Hopefully you guys are understanding, though, the problems that I see with the nutrition world and what active steps people are taking to change it. When it comes to addressing nutrition with a child, though, there's many more factors that we need to take into consideration. One being knowledge and education. While the schools and just society in general won't be able to educate them on nutrition, I will be able to. But to be honest, that's not going to be the hard part. The hard part is going to be able to 
be helping them develop a healthy relationship with their nutrition. The psychological aspect of nutrition is a complicated maze that only the individual knows the way out of. There are so many layers to this that you have to be very careful in how you navigate teaching them. And just like most things in life, we need to have a goal that we are working towards. A big picture goal, not anything short term. And when I think of this big picture or long term goal, it's this. I want them to have a healthy relationship with food. To understand how food makes them feel. To understand how certain foods give them a spike of energy in a crash or sustained energy. And let that guide them through their nutritional choices. With that being the ultimate goal, the game time decisions will be based off of that long-term goal. For example, if there's a donut and a pile of string beans in front of them, I'm not going to tell them what to eat. I mean, that'd be a weird combination to have on one plate, but you get the picture. And let's say they eat the donut and then they're bouncing off the walls with all this energy and then they crash. At that point, I'll just ask them, you know, hey, why do you think that happened? Do you think it? You think it was because you just ate that donut and it gave you so much energy? It tasted really good. You got really excited and then you crashed and, and just leave it at that and not shaming them for eating the donut, but just to get them thinking about how it makes them feel. And I'm kind of going to go off course and weirdly relate this back to CrossFit, but I had a very good uh, interaction. We have a at um, my box in Port Orange, we had someone's son. Uh, who's been doing the classes with us. He's 12 years old and he's a very well-mannered kid. He's very well-spoken to be his age and he's got, he listens to us as coaches and anything we say, it's, it's honestly, it's the perfect, it's the perfect athlete to have because they won't question you. They just do exactly what you say. But my point is, is that, you know, I was asking him some questions about exercise. I was like, you know, I was like, why do you like CrossFit or like, what do you, you know, what do you think about about it. And he said, what he said to me was just like, it was so perfect. He told me, he says, I feel really good after I'm done. He's like, the workouts may be hard, but I feel good for doing them. And I mean, isn't, isn't that what we're chasing? Isn't that what this is all about in reality? And the same thing applies with that nutrition is like, Hey, how did that donut make you feel? Well, I'm like, I don't know. It gave me a lot of energy, but now I kind of have a headache. Or it's like, how about that apple you just ate? And he's like, yeah, I feel good, not bloated, not like too full or anything like that. I feel like I'm good to go. So it's just a, it's something to think about. And maybe even if you have kids, like test them. I mean, use them as a like a test dummy, so to speak, and, and ask them these questions about the food they eat. And they don't have to be eight years old. They could be 18. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of us don't have any sort of relationship with food. We don't connect with our food in, in that way. So I definitely recommend exploring that. I think one of the worst things that we can do when it comes to teaching kids about nutrition is say that they can't have something. I mean, we can, and, and that happened to me all the time growing up, but I really think that's what set me off on my like Dr. Pepper addiction I had growing up. I was always asking my mom, can I have a Dr. Pepper? And a lot of the times it was no. Well, when I got to the age where I didn't have to ask, I took advantage of it. I can drink one. Why not drink two? She's not going to tell me no. It's up to me. And I have a solution to this. And I, who knows how well this is going to go. But keep the junk out of the house. So they can't have a Dr. Pepper if it's not there. 
<laughs> and so if they ask, there are none. You can't have any. Now, if we go out to eat and they want a soda, have at it. I'm not going to tell them no every time because I don't want to create that sort of uh, relationship for them to have with the soda. But I will try to get them thinking about why they wanted the soda versus the water. And, and my goal is to not make a big deal out of it, just to get them thinking. And something else, another thing that I've learned over the past few years, which is very interesting, is not always forcing them to finish their entire plate. Now, of course, there are special circumstances, yes, but when we are raised to just always finish our plates, what does that do to us when we are older? I have the mindset now to finish my plate no matter how full I am. If I put it out in front of me, I'm going to eat it all. Should we be gauging how much we need by how much is on our plate or by how satiated we are? It's very interesting to think about. I honestly believe that the majority of people have no connection to their bodies, whether that's nutrition, fitness, stress, sleep, you name it. And as a trainer, coach, and future doctor, I have to find a way to help them connect. And based off my experiences, it always starts with one question. And this is the third time in a podcast related about nutrition, I'm going to be relating it to when I coach CrossFit. I ask the same question pretty much every day. And honestly, I don't even mean to do it. How does that feel? So let's use something in CrossFit for an example. Someone help, someone lifts a moderately heavy uh, split jerk. I'll go ahead and go over there and talk to them after they hit it and say, how did that feel? And let them talk and, and let see what they say. Now they're trying to connect how they just felt, how that lift went. Instead of just going through the motions and not thinking about that, you know, and if they kind of feel stuck, I'll sort of lead them. I'll say, did you feel stable when you received the bar? Did you feel balanced? Uh, did it feel good? Did you, did you feel really strong when you hit that lift? And if you just go through the motions with anything, you're only going to get so much better and not develop this like deeper connection with what you're trying to accomplish. When you start to think about why you feel the way you feel, you're going to start to understand your body more and use it more efficiently. Or let's say when you're eating and, and spicy food, it makes your stomach upset, but you haven't put that connection together. So think about it. What foods have you eaten recently? Did they make you feel a certain way? It's about building that connection. I mean, spicy foods, that's that's it for me. I know when I eat spicy foods, the next day, it kind of hits me back. And it's not that I'm going to go and ignore spicy foods because I, I like them to a certain extent. I'm not a super like spicy kind of guy, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it if it's a little bit spicy, but I'll do that with the understanding that, man, I'm going to regret this tomorrow. And honestly, a lot of times that fuels me to not eat the spicy food. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm going to live a little. I'm going to do it. I think overall, though, the absolute best thing we can do in teaching our kids about nutrition is by practicing what we preach. I know that I'm still going to be eating clean when I have kids. But will you or are you? I mean, if you're stuffing your face with 10 double stuffed Oreos every night and then you get mad at your kids when they want something sweet, that's awfully hypocritical of you, don't you think? And just my two cents. I remember growing up, my brother, who's six years um, younger than me, he had a friend whose parents would not let him drink soda growing up. 
I thought that was the weirdest thing ever. Now, I'm from Eastern North Carolina, and let me tell you, it, it's not the healthiest area. I love it to death, and I, I will, be, will be back there one day, but it's just not that healthy. And I grew up, look, sweet tea and sippy cups, that was completely normal, and it still is completely normal. Uh, the first gym in my area, it didn't open up until like early 2000s. If you needed a gym, it was because you were in physical therapy for some reason. I'm serious. And and even in the past 20 years, it's gotten a lot bad, better. There's more gyms in town. Uh, there's more people practicing good health. And it's awesome. And I love it. We need it. All towns everywhere need it. Large, small, medium, it doesn't matter. And a lot of this, it starts when we're young. And we do need to be better educated, but not only be better educated, we need to understand sort of the deeper reason and why this is important in itself to live a long, healthy, happy life. So as parents, we absolutely need to educate our kids, but that's not just sitting them down and teaching them how to eat healthy. It's leading by example. We all know that has always been the most effective way to teach anyone anything. Sure, I want nutrition to be a heavier focus in schools. I would be an extremist and say weightlifting should be required too. I think that I think there's that's just more important than some classes we even take in, in grade school, high school, whatever. But at the end of the day, when they go home, they look up to someone. Whether that someone is a positive or negative influence, I don't know. And they may look up to someone at school opposed to someone at home, you know, depending on their situation. But but what I do know is that. I'm always going to be a positive influence to my kids in every aspect of life, including nutrition. I hope you all were able to pull something out of this week's episode. I, if anything, it maybe shows you a little bit of how I think about nutrition and exercise and the means of how society lays it out to be for us. Um, we are a very reactive society. We have been for a long time. And I think that as the years go by, it's slowly, slowly, slowly is starting to flip the other way. However, I don't think we're anywhere close to where it needs to be. And maybe one day it will be. Uh, we, there's a lot of different factors, a lot of different people in the way. And we're just going to do our best. We're going to do our best and via the podcast, via things like my social media, via things as being a future uh, chiropractor. That's my way of finding how I'm going or of how I'm going to contribute to this cause, to helping people be more educated and practice good health so they can live longer, healthier lives so they can grow up to see and not only see, but play with their great grandkids and do things with their family until the day they drop. And, and a lot of it is, is centered around creating awareness. And if you create awareness with how you're teaching kids about your nutrition and exercise and just health in general, they're going to follow suit. And then they're going to do it for their kids. Now, don't force anything down their throat. Just lead by example. And when that day comes for me, I'm going to do the exact same. If you like this week's podcast, please do share it with some friends and family. Share it on your Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are active on social media. Even if you don't post anything ever, that would just, it would make my day. Also, be sure you're following the Find You Fitness podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Find You Fitness podcast. I will see you guys next week for the start of the squat series.